So today on this episode of the Legacy Life podcast and this family legacy series, we're talking about a, a really important topic for families, which is sleep. I have Gemma, who is a sleep specialist here with me today. And yeah, we're going to be talking about sleep and today hopefully dispel some myths around um sleep uh you, you know having support around sleep you know and um I'm really looking forward to this conversation so welcome Gemma hi hi thanks for having me oh it's so great having you on and just before I press record I was just telling Gemma how um I had a disturbed night not last night but the night before um so my daughter had had an allergic reaction in the evening, just before I was about to do a session, like two minutes before oh, she was vomiting. Gosh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, she's amazing um, because she has allergies and has reactions to things. She's amazing at being sick and catching it all. And she put it down <laughs> the toilet herself and everything. She's amazing. Um, so poor wee thing she uh, you know had this allergic reaction and woke up in the night and my husband on Monday had came down with Covid so I was sleeping in the office in which is also doubles as our spare room because I don't really want to be near him <laughs> and um, it's only a single bed so I you know I'm not I'm not sleeping with two of us in a single bed in this heat it's too hot so um you know settle back to sleep but you know and then for me it can take a long time for me to go back to sleep when I have a disturbed night like that um and but thankfully that's not the picture for me all the time so last night she stayed in her bed all night and you know we both had a good night's sleep and I know I have been in a position where every night has been a disturbed night you know for like a couple of years and yeah. that is tough yeah. that is hard yeah for sure for sure you must, you must see that a, a lot yeah well I think we've got to remember I only see families who've got disturbed sleep patterns yes and they wouldn't be coming to me otherwise exactly I do, I do work with some families that want to kind of prepare for their little one's arrival so sort of pre but then let's face it pregnancy wasn't a dream with sleep either I don't know if you were like me but rolling over in the middle of the night became some sort of marathon feat so <laughs> I don't think I slept for the whole whole of my pregnancies and then for yeah like what's to be expected when they're a newborn and even going into toddler toddler years and delays with sleep mm. there's lots of things that can be thrown at us and yeah we can feel pretty beat up sometimes can't we yeah had enough sleep I, I think that word marathon is huge like I I remember when um when my eldest was very little and I remember going in a shop and and this this young woman going oh you know I had a really night late night I'm so tired and me thinking you have no idea what tiredness is yeah you know yeah. you went out drinking a bit and you know like you can't even comprehend what it's gonna you can't even comprehend what it's going to be like you know and just the the sheer levels of exhaustion that that you, you the parents go through it's yeah 
yeah and the emotional roller coaster that comes with that yeah you might not have been put in those positions before where you feel the next day is just so exhausted that actually your emotions are just functioning so mm. differently you might experience distress or feeling out of control or just being like you can't manage and cope and those are feelings that you've possibly never experienced before mm. yeah and then you know let's be quite sort of open and honest I do work with a lot of mums also with you know quite significant baby blues or postnatal depression as well and so sleep deprivation on top of that can exacerbate everything and so you know we're, we're talking about um there's some pretty vulnerable people out there and I think you know I've, I've spoken to you before Sarah I think people should be talking about sleep more openly and saying mm. well I really need some help here because I'm not feeling like I'm functioning and if I can't function and look after myself that makes me then question my ability to parent and that's a real shame because yeah. often they're doing a really good job but you can feel like you could be doing so much better yeah absolutely and and I think the support that you get as a uh, as a mother or that I had it might be a bit different now I, I'm not up to date on what people get when they give birth here in the UK right now um but, you know, I had a, a couple of health visitor visits, you know, um, and yeah, I, I did. I, I'll be honest, I didn't find them at all helpful. <laughs> really. Yeah, I think it depends on your health visitor, doesn't it? But I mean, everything, if I'm honest, has been really stretched during COVID. Mm. So everything's gone down to bare bones, hasn't it? And then things like... I suppose sleep and talking about sleep issues might be seen as more of a luxury than talking about nutrition and feeding and all of those other things. So, and and even some aspects of child development, you know, is your baby sitting up yet? Are they meeting their milestones? And those would be the red flags that possibly doctors and health visitors are looking for. And that's because of the circumstances. Yeah. And yet, you know, people are still struggling with sleep, still struggling, still struggling, not too sure who I can ask. This only seems to be a private service. There's a little bit of stigma attached to seeking support about sleep, which yeah. we can discuss. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of ride it out because at some point, in theory, it should get better. Exactly. Exactly. You have just absolutely nailed it on the head. That's exactly <laughs> kind of what it was 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 like for us. And we, I think, we really had this this sense of. Um, obviously I know health visitors are looking for the most vulnerable people they're looking for certain things and it's not just sleep there's lots of things like you say they're having to cover and make sure that um you know that they always tend to ask the question as you know if your your partner is uh if if you're feeling safe you know because they look they're looking out for women who are vulnerable you know um so that you know there are certain things yeah they've got a wide remit haven't they and like you say um probably particularly now not that much you know that the resources and the availability is probably vastly reduced you know yeah Yeah, for sure you know it's almost seen as a rite of passage isn't it you chose to have a newborn baby you're never gonna sleep again (laughs) you know tough luck ride it out it will be okay um which I don't know it's really hard isn't it when you're really struggling you don't feel like you can ask for help it's yeah it's so true I mean 
Um, and it is a rite of passage, you know, becoming a parent is a massive thing. <laughs> it's huge. And it, it's, you know, I always say it's the biggest um, transformational um, program you didn't know you were enrolling on that lasts a lifetime because it is until you die you know you're a parent until you die and and beyond actually you're always a parent aren't you you're going to be on a census somewhere that people in years to come can check on and see your lineage you know um yeah we're always always parents and and it is a rite of passage however that I you know it doesn't mean it has you have to be alone with it or that we have to because I I felt like I had to do it on my own for quite a long time so for the first nine months particularly because there are also these these assumptions around women and men that you know women have the hormones so they're better equipped to deal with the sleep you know and often partners are like you know, so many of my peers, and I hear it many times from other parents as well, that, oh, my partner's really terrible with when they, when they don't have sleep, so so I need to do the nights, you know? And when you're breastfeeding as well, and you've got the boobs, you know, yeah. then there is that. Much on you, yeah. <laughs> much on you, isn't it? And so, you know, for the first nine months, I kind of felt like I need I need to do this and I should be able to do it and I should be able to. Um, yeah, I and I think what was particularly challenging was. Um, so I did most of the night. Well, I did all the nights really for the first nine months. And then I got to the point where, where I was like, I can't keep doing that on my own. Um, because of how little sleep I was getting Um, but also um, my daughter had severe eczema uh, Mm. allergies and allergies which meant she she couldn't sleep so early on in my I I remember I read the no cry sleep solution which is you've come across I love it yeah, exactly. just there. yeah it's a brilliant brilliant resource and a brilliant book and I, so much in it helped me but one of the key things that it says is with you know when you're making changes is if your child is unwell mm-hmm. wait until they are feel they're, they're they're better yeah. and I'm like but if your child is unwell and you know is really unwell and that's a long-term thing it's like well what do you do then you know which was the situation I was in you know yeah no and absolutely and me and you know there's so many people that say to me oh Jimmy your children must sleep beautifully it's like well a I've got a toddler who delays bedtime because she'd much rather be doing something else so I still go through that yeah Um, and um B, my son has medical issues rather like your daughter that meant that there was no way he was ever going to have a consistent sleep pattern because he needed to be tended to mm. um, and he needed love support comfort all the way through the night that's fine but it doesn't stop you looking at sleep as more of a holistic thing of you know what can we do about the sleep environment what can we do about daytime sleep nighttime sleep all these other bits and pieces that just sort of help fit some of the pieces of the jigsaw together mm. so this is what I feel I never really say necessarily that I'm a sleep consultant I prefer sort of sleep specialist because I think it's a little bit more holistic it's not necessarily about going right what are we going to do to sleep train our child at night Mm -hmm. let's talk about sleep let's talk about you know 
let's look at it holistically. Let's look at the family. Let's look at the parenting style. Let's let's see what we can do. So yes, children will go through periods of illness and maybe, you know, they are chronic conditions. And so we've got to think about that, but it doesn't stop you saying I'm struggling right now. Mm. Is there anything we can do to make this a little bit easier? And sometimes it's adjusting the parent's schedule rather than the child's. Yeah. The parents out, you know, it's like, this is going to be rough for a while. Let's be honest. But what can we do to help you? And I think, you know, so many people contact me about their child when really I feel like I'm helping. It's more about helping them. Yeah. And then they're able to help their child. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting because it's, you know, there are so many crossovers, you know, between what we do in that respect. You know, I work with, I don't work with children. I work with parents to empower them to help their children. And that's why it's so great having you on here and, you know, having this conversation because, um, you know, having other specialists who I know that I can refer people to that are having specific issues, you know, um, and in this instance, sleep, it, it's really great to have these, um, yeah, have this network really, yeah. which is something else that you're doing, isn't it? Yeah. You, you're creating this, this net professional network, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think I've alluded to in the previous question, but the sleep consultant industry tends to have a little bit of bad press. And there's quite a lot of people that feel that sort of sleep training is synonymous with cry it out and you Mm -hmm. chuck your baby in a room and you go back in at seven o'clock in the morning. And, you know, just it couldn't be from my perspective anything but. Mm -hmm. Um, But so there's... um, you know there's there's a lot of bad press you know and it I've worked for many years with professional associations and I've worked in medical education and I see you know what medics and nurses and others have to go through to maintain their professional status and you think well that's you know that's there for a reason it's to keep us safe um, and it's to weed out bad practice um, and I felt when I transitioned from that into being a sleep consultant I was a little bit nervous about going into an unregulated industry. It didn't sit with me. I'm like, oh. And then I realised how vulnerable some of my clients were. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. anyone could be working with, you know, these women in this circumstance. So Mm. I just, I took a lot of the principles of medical and sort of nursing, sort of continuing professional development and always staying on top of things um, and just started offering that out to sleep consultants. So it's called the Child Sleep Society. And it's basically, it's it's for anyone who works with families with sleep. So recognising people like yourself, maybe mm-hmm. giving people advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It might be doulas, it might be lactation consultants, you know, and people yes. talking about, it might be that they want to start night weaning. It's, it's now time. Yeah. And so that's why a lactation consultant might be giving advice. Mm. Um, and so it's a little bit more, it's, it's not a closed shop. It's not... Um, a membership organization that you have to join and you have to meet certain criteria it's I work in this industry and I want to know more please give me opportunities that are trusted and respected and I would love to learn more so it's a little bit more we like to think of ourselves as a post-pandemic company yeah (laughs) we're a we're a community interest company so we're not 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 for profit and we're just there for people who kind of go along with our morals and our ethics that actually I want to be the best practitioner I can be when I'm working with these families 
And so I'm going to continually update myself. I'm going to set time aside in my diary to do that. I pledge, basically, to be the best I can be. Yes. Yeah. It's more complicated than that. <laughs> oh, it's so great that you've recognised that gap in that industry and, and are, you know, creating something um, that that you really value and that you would like to have and you know for, for others um and it's it's quite often that's how we end up coming to things isn't it because because we're like oh well I want I'd really love that for myself so and no nobody else has made it so yeah, yeah. creating yeah. it then yeah 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 you start thinking about it and a little bit more and a little bit more and before you know it you blink an eye and it's it's registered (laughs) (laughs) brilliant oh well and so you know this is the legacy life podcast and um so I'm going to ask you the question which is what what's the legacy that you feel that you are creating what's your your vision your legacy vision you know, I, I look over the years that what lactation consultants and other people working in breastfeeding have done for breastfeeding women. Mm. And, you know, when I struggled with it, I it was so easy for me to say, help. Yeah. And I've got charity organisations, we've got health professionals. I was in almost immediately. And I would love to take that ability for women to go, I need some help with this. Mm-hmm. and just translate that into sleep and for it not to be sort of blacklisted as a topic where you can't talk about this because you know it means that you're going to leave your baby to cry it out it doesn't I'd love to just trash that and I would love to just enable more people to say I need help and access services now ideally those services would obviously be free to access currently more often than not they're not mm-hmm. um, but I would just love it to be, you know, children up until at least the age of three will spend more time asleep than they will awake. Mm. And so why, you know, why are we not talking about it more open than honest? Yeah. And, you know, as you, as you talk about that, it's, you know, it makes me think, because I, I used to do breastfeeding support, peer yeah. support. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the local children's centre near where I live that I went to my NCT group there yeah. and yeah. I went, you know, once a week and supported women, you know, so it, it was, and but having that, having that network of people and that network of support and, uh, you know, people went to weigh their babies and I yeah. was there to talk if they were struggling with breastfeeding, you know, and so having that, um it's it's having this kind of referral system that is there with breastfeeding isn't it like yeah professionals know where to refer as well that there are different organizations and and um groups and within you know the local community and what have you so having that for sleep would be incredible yeah Yeah. I mean my master's degree was in public health from Uh my perspective this is health promotion this is you know, healthy sleep habits, lots of this. It's not complicated. Don't tell anyone I said that. But it's not complicated. It's just good advice. And yeah. it's just that being more accessible to families that need it, really. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, often solutions are simple, but they're not necessarily easy to implement. Yeah. 
and um because it's the same with me with with the parenting you know um it's it's pretty simple actually but it's not necessarily easy yeah. and uh, it, it hinges on consistency as well Absolutely. you know consistency yeah. is so massive isn't it and yeah. doing things long enough and when you're in that sleep deprived state like a day can feel like a week it's hard to know you you know how long have we been doing this for and whether we've been doing it long enough you know we, we would be like oh it's not working and it's like oh we've only been doing it two days you know yeah but it feels like two so, weeks, you know the, the, you know, the other thing I hear is, Gemma, I've tried everything. And I'm like, right, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to pick one thing yes. that fits with your parenting style, it fits with your baby's temperament, and we're going to do it really, really well. Yes. And we're going to align whatever method that is to something that you feel completely confident with. Mm-hmm. Because if you feel confident and you feel that you're able to do that at 3 a.m., at 4 a.m., at 5 a.m., you will be consistent. Yeah, it's not what the book suggests. It's not what your friend did. It's not what your mother-in-law did. Mm-hmm. It's what feels right for you and your family. Mm. Um, and you know, and some families have got more alert children, more sensitive children, and things have got to be adapted. And the books aren't written for those kids. You know, so yeah, they have to make modifications and adaptions. And that's why you know, working with someone one-on-one is is so important there's loads of families out there who are so lucky you know their their babies sleep through from day dot they'll probably be horrible teenagers i'm sure at some point but you know even the book that's the number one bestseller on amazon might not fit with you and align with your values and that's why i think it's really important that mm. you know choosing a practitioner to work with is almost like choosing a coach you've yes. got to have that that connection first and go right okay they get me yeah they get where my hotspots are they get the fact that actually we've tried this you're not being consistent why and I said you have got to be honest with me Mm. absolute honesty because if I'm going to suggest something that doesn't feel right for you you're not going to do it yeah it's just going to confuse the baby so just tell me and you've got to have that relationship it is it is a coaching relationship Yes, yeah. And um and I know you work with babies and you but you work with older like what age group do you go up to? Up to five. My training will let me. I I do a lot of work with 18 month plus mm-hmm. because I really love the fact that you can start bringing in play and all sorts of things in the day. Um and you can just work on that understanding of even if it's the concept of nighttime and daytime yeah and just yeah. sort of bringing things to their level so they are, they understand a little bit more about what's going on but at the moment my daughter's at the stage where she's able to understand that sleep gives her superpowers and when she wakes up in the morning she feels so much better and she's able to eat and she's able to run and she's able to play because she slept well and you know I mean one day she'll go you said it gave me superpowers <laughs> But at the moment, that really means something for her. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and sleep is such an abstract concept, isn't it? If I said to you, go to sleep, it's like, what does that even mean? Mm. But, you know, talking to children, using their language, asking them to close their eyes and be quiet as a mouse, things that they can do and they understand. And we just help their understanding. And that's why I love, I love working with toddlers. And also because 
the families are so different as well there's families where do you know what it's been fine up until this point we've been in this situation but now maybe typically a sibling is coming along and yeah. so whatever setup they had before isn't going to work because maybe there's another sibling joining them in the room and they think right okay it's time for you to go to your own room so we can swap over mm. that might be a common one um sometimes children have been great sleepers up until the edge of two and then the delays and resistance comes and they're like what is this you are perfect and <laughs> yeah. um, and you know and sometimes parents go everyone told me it was going to get better and now they're three and it's still horrendous and now I feel that so you can get lots of different questions at that point so I mean I've, I've worked with all families but I particularly enjoy the toddlers and preschoolers little bit more of a challenge and a little bit more that you can think about doing in the day to support them as well as at night yeah it's it's I can really see how much you you enjoy your work and you know and um it's so satisfying helping people make those changes isn't it um yeah it's it's so satisfying so what's one thing that you would like like if if you could only tell people one thing today that would maybe make a difference to them, what would that be when it comes to, to helping their child to sleep? I think, I think it's just about the fact that it's what works for them as a family. Yeah. And, you know, it is the, you get so much advice, some of it unwanted. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it just doesn't feel right to you. But you've got to go with your gut on this. And that is because you know your child, you know what works for you, you know what works for your partner who's involved in this as well. You're the primary caregivers doing whatever is needed at night and therefore you get, you get to choose. So you get to define what this looks like. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so great because yeah that trust trusting yourself you know as a, as a parent as parents we we do know our children best you know and it is about taking um taking um the information and 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 working out what's best for you what's best for your family isn't it and um and like you say uh yeah, protecting yourself from that unsolicited advice that you can get. That was the word in, I was looking for. In, yeah. in the supermarket, even. It's just like, you know, it's like random people who are just like, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just remembering that people have good hearts, they want to help. And so, you know, letting, you know, letting them know. <laughs> even if you don't necessarily say it to themselves but to yourself you know that you know they're well-meaning however I know what's best for my child yeah you know yeah um, I'm bored and then park it yes <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for that I'll, I'll have a think about that yeah yeah at 3am <laughs> yeah oh no often we know it kind of immediately that that's not for me you know um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. 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 So 
Oh, it's been so great to talk to you about what you're doing and about some of the, the myths that there are about, about support. And um, where do you feel is the best place for people to connect with you if they are looking for information about either the sleep support that you do or um, if they're a professional, you know, wanting to find out more about the support they can get as, as somebody who um, talks about sleep as part of, you know, the wider services that they offer. Yeah, uh, my website for um, sleep specialist stuff mm-hmm. is childsleepspecialist.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And if you're a professional, then join us on childsleepsociety.com. Brilliant. And um, those links will be underneath the podcast in the description. So if anybody is wanting to connect further with Gemma, you can do that um, by by going to those to those links. Oh, it's been so great to chat with you today. Thank you so much for for coming on. And um, yeah, if I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing this with with everybody and I know that we have some plans as well to um, do some some things together as well in terms of supporting families. So uh, watch this space. Um, there will be opportunities to, to learn some more from Gemma's wisdom going forward. Um, and if you want information about that, let me know. So thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, Sarah.